All right, guys. Well, good morning. It's so good to see your faces here. I hope that you all had a wonderful Christmas and a wonderful New Year. And it's 2021. We made it. We're here. It's exciting times, people. It's exciting times to be alive. Um, so yeah, we're here at 2021. And I think all of us would love to push a little reset button on the world, on our lives. Just push a little reset button and start a new year, right? And allow hope to rise. Unfortunately, we can't exactly do that, but there is something that happens at the beginning of a year that does give us a little opportunity or at least an invitation to, to look at our lives, to look at our hearts, to look at our patterns, to look at our habits, and decide, are there some things that we could reset right on our own? And so, you know, we can't promise that 2021 is going to be magically easier than 2020. We are still in the midst of a pandemic, and it is still wreaking its havoc upon us all, right? But we can make a conscious choice about what we're going to do about it and about how we're going to live in 2021. So that's what we're going to talk about today. Now, I am not sure how many of us are stepping into some new spaces in 2021. Some of us might... It might not feel any different. It might just feel like the same thing happening that's been happening already. Some of us are stepping into some new spaces. I know for my family, for one, is definitely stepping into some new spaces. Now, we moved over like right around Thanksgiving, but then it's been the holidays, so like we haven't, we have, we have no groove, we have no rhythms, we have no nothing. We're still living out of boxes in our bathroom, I'm not even going to lie. So, you know, we have a lot of newness going on in our family right now. But one thing that's new that I felt like you guys needed to know about today is some wildlife that we now get to live with, that we are intimately acquainted with at our new home. Now, I grew up on a ranch, so like I'm used to wildlife. doesn't really bother me. I've even become accustomed to the Florida wildlife, but we have some characters that live on this property of my parents, and I just felt like you guys need to know about this new life that we're living. So first of all, we have deer. Lots of deer. Every time somebody comes to the house, they're like, oh my gosh, I saw a deer in your yard, and we're like, yeah, they're, they're there all day, every day. The deer live here. This is their home, and they live here. There's like at least eight of them that like are pretty sure they own it more than we do. And in fact, when I walk the dog in the morning, like our dog is large and rather aggressive, right? And she, well, she's not rather aggressive, but like she's not, she looks like she could do some damage, right? These deer... Ryan Dory says she bit his leg. It was a nibble, okay? Anyway, I would think that most animals would be slightly threatened by this dog. These deer, first of all, they don't care about me. Second of all, they don't even care about the dog. And if I walk too close to them, instead of scampering away like you would imagine a deer would do, they, like, challenge me. They, like, step towards me like they're going to charge. And there's a couple bucks out there, so I let them hold their ground. I just kind of, we just walk another direction because I'm not messing with the deer. So the deer, they're part of our new home. Also, the squirrels. Now, let me tell you, you know, we all know squirrels. We have them around. I had them around at our old house. But the squirrels that live out here are, like, First of all, they're giant. Second of all, they're so loud. Like when I'm walking, 
I'm confident there's a herd of wild hogs in the bushes that I'm about to approach. And then I look and it's a squirrel and I don't understand how it's making so much racket, but they are, they just do, they all do. The other day I was walking the dog again. Most of these things happen while I'm walking the dog. I was walking the dog again and <laughs> I heard this rustling up in the tree. Children, don't be sad about this story. Everything turns out okay in the end. <clears throat> I heard some rustling up in the tree and I was like, oh, those squirrels, they're messing around because there's usually a couple of them chasing each other or whatever. So I look up because I'm always entertained by the squirrels. I, just, you know, I look up and I, like, I have this passing thought, like, wouldn't it be crazy if it fell? But then I'm like, oh, squirrels never fall. They're like more pliable than cats. Like they never fall. You have you seen a squirrel fall? No. You guys, this tree, it's like at least two stories high. It's a large tree right above my head I'm looking up and the squirrel falls out of the tree and lands on his back it hit so hard I was like I just saw a squirrel die that's what just happened and then before I could even process he just jumped up his other friend like scampered down the tree found him and they scampered up again they're crazy they're crazy squirrels but they keep me very entertained finally and I could go on for quite a while with the animal stories but I will share one more with you because we covet your prayers so <laughs> there's this woodpecker. And you know, woodpeckers are fine. They're fun. They're, you know, it's maybe kind of an annoying sound, but like that's cool. A woodpecker is fine. I love birds. We have all kinds of birds. We have hawks. We have all kinds of birds. We have an owl. Okay, back to the woodpecker. Anyway, um, the woodpecker has decided that it thinks one of my parents' columns along the front of their house is a tree. So every morning, the woodpecker pecks at the column. And he has got two rather large holes going in this very nice home, these columns. And it's really quite entertaining. So the girls and I try and chase him off every morning. And he just squawks at us and then like flies back in a few minutes. So he doesn't really care. Once I tried to throw some paper at him, but it, it didn't do anything. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so this is some of the newness that we are experiencing in our life, and I just thought I should share it with you, not because it has anything to do with what I'm going to say, but just because, you know, sometimes we are going into a season of life that is brand new and has a lot of new things, and other times it does not feel like anything new. It just feels like a continuation of the same. But whether or not you are going into a season of newness or you are just continuing in the same routines that you have, the new year gives us an opportunity to look within, to look within. So today I want us to consider a word. And it's a word that I've decided to own for myself, maybe for the whole year or maybe just as long as I need it. I don't know exactly. But the word is realignment. Realignment. That's my word. Now, I know that is not a particularly interesting or exciting word, okay? You're probably not inspired to go off and change the world because of this word, realignment. Kind of reminds me of taking my car to the car people who realign the tires, and that's a good thing for the car, right? Not very glamorous or exciting, but it's something that I know I need in my life. And I think it would be wise for all of us to consider this idea as we're beginning 2021. Because here's the thing, guys. We are still in this place of what we've called before liminal space. Now, I know that's a technical term. You might remember it. But basically, it's a fancy way for saying the in-between. The in-between, right? We are kind of in this in-between where we know for a fact that 
what used to work doesn't work anymore. And what used to be might never be exactly the same again, right? But we're not to the new thing yet, right? I mean, maybe we found some new normals, but honestly, we're in this in-between and we're waiting to see what comes next. And that in-between space can be really, really powerful. We've called it the cave before here. So whether you want to call it liminal space or you want to call it the in-between or you want to call it the cave, I would say that's where we all are right now in our lives, right? And sometimes when we're in the cave, when we're in the in-between, it feels like there's not a lot we can do besides sit and wait to see what circumstances shall sort themselves out and reveal what the next place is for, where, for us to go, right? So we wait in this space and we wait for vaccines and we wait to see what the economy will do and we wait to see what politicians will do and we wait to see what our jobs will be like and we wait to see what our church will be like and our schools will be like and our families will be like after this in between, right? And there can be good. There can be good in the waiting. There can definitely be good in stillness, right? But there's something else we can do in the waiting. And it's something that's very important, I think. And I'm calling it realignment because that's what works for my mind and heart. But you can call it whatever you want, whatever works for you. But the idea behind it is to take stock of where we are. Take stock of our hearts and our minds and our bodies so that we can reorient ourselves, so that we can care for ourselves, and so that we can make choices about how we want to move forward. Realignment. Now, I said that this reminded me of getting the wheels realigned on my car, but really I know nothing about that. I don't even know what they do to the wheels. But what I do know a lot about is realigning my back. <laughs> I don't know how many of you guys have been to chiropractors in your life, but I have a lifelong journey of going to chiropractors. I've been to many over the years, trying to deal with all of my aches and pains and uneven spinal alignment, right? And it's good to go to these chiropractors and they help you out and they make you feel better and they all have, not all, but I've been to many that have different techniques about how they're gonna go about what they wanna do in order to get your spine in alignment. And of course you want your spine to be in alignment not only because you wanna live free of pain, but also because when your spine's in alignment, your whole body works better. All your systems work more healthy, you have more energy, you sleep better, everything is better when your spine is aligned, right? So we could probably just take that analogy and run with it, right? Okay, so we're gonna, uh, we're gonna look at our lives and we're gonna like get them realigned and we're gonna push this in here and we're gonna straighten that rib out there and we're gonna massage this part here and try and get our spines, our lives in alignment. And that could work as an analogy, however, I've recently discovered a new chiropractor. Now, I cannot speak specifically if his theory is the best theory out there, so we don't all have to go running out to this chiropractor. But I'll tell you what his theory is. His theory is that if the atlas on your neck, which is the very, very, very top of your spine, if the atlas is aligned, then eventually your whole spine will come into alignment because the very top piece is the most important piece to have aligned in your spine. Now, 
I don't know if that's true or not for your back. I do know that I have less neck pain going to this guy than ever before. So there's something to it. I will tell you what's the weirdest thing, though. Brenda knows because she goes with me. Okay, most chiropractors, you think of them like pushing and cracking and doing all their things. So this guy, he has this like little, it's like a little hammer, hammer gun thing. Yeah, it looks like a gun and it looks like the end of a nail. Brenna's describing it. Thank you, Brenna. Right, so it's like a hammer gun thing. And he puts it just like right, right up here. I don't understand why it goes here. And it, the, the touch of it is like so gentle. It's the gentlest little thump on your neck. And he does it a few times, and then he's like, you're good to go. And I, I mean, that's very different for me. I'm not used to that sort of a chiropractic adjustment. However, it's doing something good for me. And I want us to think about that, not that we all need to know about spines. But I want us to think about that idea of alignment as we look at our year in 2021. Because I do believe that his theory is right about the alignment of our souls. And maybe instead of trying to look at the whole picture of everything that we're doing, our work and our health and our church and our family and all the things that we want to like get into alignment, maybe we need to start by just looking at one thing. Just looking at one thing. And that's Jesus, right? Zach Elliott puts it pretty simply and profoundly, and we've heard this before, but we're going to look at it again as we kick off 2020. He says, the vision is Jesus. Look to him. Look like him. Look with him. The vision is Jesus. And what if we pictured Jesus as that atlas on our spine, right? The place where everything else comes into alignment if we have that place right now that sounds good or it sounds good but maybe it's not very practical right like how do we make Jesus our atlas I don't know this is an analogy people but we actually do have a lot of practical things that we can do and so that's what we're going to talk about today in just a minute but I want us to start before we get to the super practical stuff I want us to look at one really important thing. And it's maybe the first phase of our realignment, okay? We're going to read this passage from the message. I'm reading from the message today because there's something about Eugene Peterson's poetic paraphrasing that just does good for my soul. So we're, we're doing the message today. So in 2 Corinthians, Paul says, for instance, we know that when these bodies of ours are taken down like tents and folded away, they will be replaced by resurrection bodies in heaven. God made, not handmade, and will never have to relocate our tents again. Sometimes we can hardly wait to move, and so we cry out in frustration. Compared to what's coming, living conditions around here seem like a stopover in an unfurnished shack, and we're tired of it. We've been given a glimpse of the real thing, our true home, our resurrection bodies. The Spirit of God whets our appetite by giving us a taste of what's ahead. He puts a little of heaven in our hearts, so we'll never settle for less. And that's why we live with such good cheer. You won't see us drooping our heads or dragging our feet. Cramped conditions here don't get us down. They only remind us of the spacious living conditions ahead. It's what we trust in, but don't see yet that keeps us going. 
Do you suppose a few ruts in the road or rocks in the path are going to stop us? When the time comes, we'll be plenty ready to exchange exile for homecoming. Now, when we start looking at these verses for a moment, the first phase of our realignment comes back into focus because we remember that this whole life is really the in-between, right? And we may be looking at the microcosm of our situation right now, the pandemic and whatever else is going on in our lives and feeling like we're in that part of the in-between. But what we've got to remember is that this, the whole thing, the whole thing is the in-between. And what our souls are longing for is not a vaccine. It's not a return to normal. Our souls are longing for the restoration of all things and nothing else will do. Nothing else will do. So when we're thinking about this realignment, we start here. We start by remembering that we're, we're going to be in the middle for a while. We're going to be in the in-between for a while. That is what this life is. But there is wholeness ahead. That's what Jesus has promised us. The whole thing is the in-between. And I pray that we remember that when circumstances get a little crazy. I pray that we will breathe in that truth and let it be true in the deep places, right? And remember that the vision is Jesus. The vision is Jesus. From that place, we can let go of our lesser longings, and we can look to him and look like him and look with him. So that's phase one. But that's not all of it, right? Because while... This whole thing is the in-between. There's good work to be done here, right, in the in-between. There are seasons, just like the one we're in now, that beg for our realignment. They, they beg for our realignment. So let's think even deeper about what realignment can mean for us as we begin 2021. Look here in Romans. Paul says, so here's what I want you to do. God helping you. Take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you could do for him. Don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings out the best in you, develops well-formed maturity in you. Now there's some powerful realignment language, right? Because we can get so buried in our culture, in this in-between, that we forget there's bigger things to see. And we can get so overwhelmed with our newsfeed and our social media and whatever people around us are saying that we can get dragged down to that level of immaturity, right? And I say we because I definitely do it too. But what if we choose something different? Because we can choose something different. And what if part of our realignment this year is allowing God to continue to develop that well-formed maturity in us, right? 
What if it looks like starting our days with something different than our newsfeed and our social media? What if it looks like filling our minds and hearts with him first, right? We'll be changed from the inside out. What sort of good and beautiful and holy things could we be a part of if we chose to do that? What sort of wholeness could we help make happen right here in the in-between if we choose that? I think it would be so huge and beautiful. Now, I want to make a point here, and I want us to remember this as we are thinking about realignment today. This realignment is not to keep us in rigid captivity. It's to make us free, right? Sometimes when I start thinking about alignment, that sounds like staying in the lines, doing all the perfect things, getting it all right, and that's how I should be aligned. But that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about freedom and the wide open spaces of God's love. And God is not asking us to wear some vice on our neck to keep it straight, right? And he's not asking us to stick our head in the sand so that we don't see what's going on around us but he is inviting us to freedom. He is inviting us to freedom right now as we begin this year. So whenever I am reminding myself of what Jesus invites us to, I always come back to this passage in Matthew. And Jesus says, are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me and watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. As we align our hearts and our minds and our bodies with Jesus, there's rest and freedom, and peace. That's what Jesus is inviting us to. And we can live freely and lightly in the unforced rhythms of grace. So I'm going to put some questions on the screen for us to think about as we begin 2021. And these are some realignment questions. And there's nothing magical about these questions. I'm going to be honest with you. I had about 15 more, and I've cut it down to these, so be excited. But, you know, you might want to make your own questions. And I encourage you to do that. But here's a few we can start with. Okay. When did I look towards Jesus in 2020? When did I find myself looking towards Jesus? And then, when did I look away from Jesus in 2020? I think if we look back, we can remember those times too. And then with that in mind, some more practical questions. What do I need to finish in 2021? What do I need to finish? And then, what do I need to begin in 2021? What do I need to begin? What do I need to release in 2021? What do I need to release? And what do I need to embrace? Now, you could take these 
very few moments with these questions. Or you could take some time and sit down with them, with Jesus in some silence, and, and ask yourself these questions because Jesus will meet you with answers. He will. He'll do it anytime. You don't have to do it at the beginning of a year. But I think it's a great time to do it. I think it's a great time. So that's my invitation to you guys today. And then our realignment efforts can continue from there because once we've got that atlas aligned, right, the Jesus spot in our hearts aligned and first, then the other pieces of our lives, we can look at them too, and we should look at them too, absolutely. My dad always talks about six major areas of life. So I'm going to give them to you guys today. Work, home, social, physical, mental, spiritual. Work or school, home, social, physical, mental, spiritual. My encouragement is for us to look at each of these areas or however you want to break it up and ask ourselves, what would it look like if my life was aligned with Jesus in this space? What would it look like if my life was aligned with Jesus in, in the physical space? You know, the spiritual one's pretty easy. The social one might be pretty easy. Some of them take some thought, some soul searching, some asking God for these answers because I could give you my answers to these questions, but they wouldn't be your answers, right? Everyone has to look at these places for themselves in their own life, in your own family, and think about what would it look like to be aligned with Jesus in these spaces? And how could I thrive? How could I thrive if I was, right? So these are important questions, and I think that today, right now, this week, is a great time to ask them. So I encourage you to do that. Now, I could and sort of want to go on with a lot of practical stuff. You guys know I love studying stuff like this, and I could recommend 20 books, but I'm not going to do that today. We're going to be done, okay? But I encourage you to find something that works for you. And I encourage you to make a habit of it at the beginning of every year. Because if we don't choose to continually realign ourselves, then we're conforming to the pattern of the world, right? And Jesus invites us to transformation. And that takes conscious work, always. So Element is going to be going through some conversation about realignment in the weeks ahead. We are starting a new series called The Jesus Mission, and I think it's going to be the perfect kickoff for our year of thinking about what did Jesus really call us to do? Because sometimes we can get a spread a little too thin or a little overwhelmed with all the opportunity, right? But if we bring it back and align with what did Jesus call us to do, and we're going to talk about the Great Commandment, we're going to talk about the Great Commission, and we're going to talk about the Great collaboration. So I invite you to be a part of that series because I think it's going to align us very beautifully for 2021 as Element. So today as we close, I'm going to read some more words from Jesus because as we engage all the ideas and questions and look at all our lives and the categories and all the things that can get a little overwhelming, right? So I think it's good and important and beautiful to remember 
what Jesus considered to be a blessed life. Because I think that's what we're hoping for, right? As we choose alignment, as we look at the coming year, I think we're hoping for blessing and flourishing, right? So let's look at these words of Jesus to see what did Jesus call a blessed life. He said, you're blessed when you're at the end of your rope. With less of you, there's more of God and his rule. You're blessed when you feel you've lost what is most dear to you. Only then can you be embraced by the one most dear to you. You're blessed when you're content with just who you are. No more, no less. That's the moment you find yourselves proud owners of everything that can't be bought. You're blessed when you've worked up a good appetite for God. He's food and drink and the best meal you'll ever eat. You're blessed when you care. At the moment of being careful, you find yourselves cared for. You're blessed when you get your inside world, your mind and heart, put right. Then you can see God in the outside world. You're blessed when you can show people how to cooperate instead of compete or fight. That's when you discover who you really are in your place in God's family. You're blessed when your commitment to God provokes persecution. The persecution drives you even deeper into God's kingdom. Not only that, count yourselves blessed every time people put you down or throw you out or speak lies about you to discredit me. What it means is that the truth is too close for comfort and they're uncomfortable. You can be glad when that happens. Give a cheer even. For though they don't like it, I do. And all of heaven applauds. And know that you're in good company. My prophets and witnesses have always gotten into this kind of trouble. Let me tell you why you're here. You're here to be salt seasoning that brings out the God flavors of this earth. If you lose your saltiness, how will people taste godliness? You've lost your usefulness and will end up in the garbage. Here's another way to put it. You're here to be light, bringing out the God colors in the world. God is not a secret to be kept. We're going public with this, as public as a city on a hill. If I make you light bearers, you don't think I'm going to hide you under a bucket, do you? I'm putting you on a light stand. Now that I've put you there, on a hilltop, on a light stand, shine. Keep open house. Be generous with your lives. By opening up to others, you'll prompt people to open up with God, this generous Father in heaven. Let's pray. God, we thank you for this invitation today to remember that you are our vision, to remember the simplicity of what you've truly called us to do, to remember the reality that this whole thing is in between and that our hearts are longing for nothing less than union with you, and to remember that this choice of realignment matters. That all the other pieces in our lives will fall into place if our hearts are aligned with you. So God, I pray that you would do your work in us, 
that you would allow your spirit to speak to us as we look at these questions, as we look at these spaces in our lives. I pray that you would provide direction, that you would provide clarity. And most of all, God, I pray that you would remind us of your invitation to live freely and lightly in the unforced rhythms of grace. I pray that we would feel that freedom and that lightness even when the days are dark. And I pray that we would see your good and your beauty in this world and that we would work to participate in it. We love you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. We're going to sing one last song together, and you guys definitely got to stand up and sing along. But I think that it is a song that is right for a new year. It's a song that is right as we choose to realign our hearts and our heads with Jesus. We have to make room for him. So I pray that as we sing this song, that it, it would be a declaration of what we truly mean in our hearts.